0: The Sports Walk is back. Watch season four of Backpack Broadcasting's original award-winning web series that brings you the opinions of real sports fans in these streets, literally in these streets. The first three seasons and current season with new episodes every Monday are available now on the Backpack Broadcasting YouTube channel. Check out the 2017 NYC WebFest official selection and see what other sports fans have to say on the hottest issues in sports today. It's easy, y'all. Just take the sports walk. hard to tell podcast episode 204 dexter harry brian fonseca here 204, 204 here. you just love as the numbers climb up that's all you care about as yeah, the yeah numbers i'm already back.
1: thinking about like because you know 210 two, two twenty two 22 is gonna be a fun one you know what i'm saying okay i mean it'd be easier if we got some sponsorships you know what i'm saying in order to like you know but you know, we're working on that. We're working on that. I I, I can't even complain because actually, you know, recently things have uh, have been looking up. So,
0: yeah, yeah thanks. Things, things been good. You know, yeah. you know how we do backpack broadcasting, props, network, uh, venture. Here we got a lot to talk about on this episode. This is going to be a very baseball centered episode. We've actually spoken about a lot of baseball. In the past month, for different reasons, <laughs> more before, than during the season, <laughs> more than probably during the season. yeah, you're right about that. And a lot of it has been focused on the Mets, um, yeah. but there's a bigger problem with baseball. Well, in fact, there's two d- different major problems, and our guest will talk about that. We are our guest. He's back with us on the podcast for the second time. He. First time he was, I believe he was with a different outlet when he was with us, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Mm-hmm. Before last year. It was, was, before it before, it was last last year. before last
1: baseball season, I think. That's yeah. right.
0: He was with a different outlet. He is now leveled up, which I like seeing us do. He is now with Insider. He is a fantastic writer, fellow member like myself, New York Association of Black Journalists. My man, Bradford Davis. You also saw him on, I believe that was episode three of the Sports Walk this season. Brad, what's up, man? what's good guys great to be back yeah man good good to have you back how are you doing
2: i'm okay man um i had a little bit of a whirlwind of a week you know the story that we about to discuss blew mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> up a little more than i thought it would to be perfectly honest and uh it came out uh about two hours after i touched down in orlando florida for universal studios so i'm like you know directing uh air traffic for like this article coming out as i'm like in between the mummy ride and transformers and stuff <laughs> and, you, know, and, you know men in black and all that shooting aliens with my little uh you know laser gun um so that was uh you know that was a little annoying honestly you know like having to kind of like do that and, and do the media hits and all that but like you know worthwhile labor but like it was just like i wish it, i wish this wasn't all kind of on top of each other that being yeah. said, it was still a great vacation. Universal Two thumbs up. Uh, Cabana Bay Resort worth it. Uh, Florida should wear my mask, but like you know, but Ugh. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm I'm burnt out on <laughs> on trying to be a decent person. The laser tag are, is or, the or shit, encourage bro. or I should say, encouraging other people to be
0: decent. Encouraging other people to be decent. Yeah. Yes, um, I'm sure glad. We're glad you are uh, back from Florida safe and triple shotted we, we, we definitely, <laughs> we definitely like, like that as well, too. But my my finish... shot's not fan based either, by
2: the way. Shots at Kyrie. <laughs> <laughs> <Of course. laughs> Give me the good, the good non-vegan <laughs> shot.
0: Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, well, if you know anything here, uh, Bradford, Brian loves any uh, shots at Kyrie right now. <laughs> he, he loves any of that. The man who won't take the shot that needs to be taken. Yeah. But we, we digress. The Let's happiest work. he's ever
1: been, allegedly.
0: Uh, yeah, allegedly. All right, but let's let, let's get. It. We'll talk some baseball. Uh, Bradford baseball work stoppage, first one since 1990, right? Yeah. 94. No, no. 94 was just an in-season strike that was in a work stoppage. Correct, Bradford? Get you the baseball guru on here. Correct?
2: You know what? Oh dang, I I, I feel like I know every question except that one. Um, no, 94. <laughs> yeah, 94 was a strike. This is a lockout. Lockout. They are lockout. Di- they are different. Lockout is something that the, is something that the owners decide to do. It's something True. like you know we, we you no longer uh, are allowed to work for us, and we don't have to service you in any way. That's basically what works. we a lock. What a lockout is, and that's what's going on right now.
0: That's okay. what's going on right now. Okay, Techn-
2: technicality,
0: technicality.
1: Yes, I was born, born in '94, so yeah. apologies. You know what I'm saying? Ah, <laughs> ah, ah there, there you go. <laughs> so it's
0: you do not, you're light, not even light right. light flex. I don't.
1: <laughs> I don't. I, like, I I grew up like it took me like. Seven, eight years until, like, I didn't even know there was like a lockout
0: or whatever the fuck that we just say- right, had. So the, the, the way I look at it, Bradford, is that was just pretty way a, a nice way of him trying to make me feel old. That's not, exactly not that's listen, exactly listen,
1: listen, Dex. I'm a few years away from using keeps,
0: all right? Like, I'm telling you right
1: now, like, <laughs> like I'm a few you know years what? away. Let's let's let's,
2: let's practice some radical transparency. I use keeps right now, that's why I got a hairline.
1: So, hey, like, yo. Like, I'm going to do Honestly. it because a lot of the podcasts I listen to, they, they have deals with... Oh, yeah. Yo, Dex, we yeah. might want to get on that.
0: You know what well, I'm saying? Well, like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to send Keeps that clip of Bradford just showing them on that. And then we talk <laughs> about them on their podcast and they need to send us something. Y'all think I'm playing. I will. For real. Will.
2: No, we got Bradford, that's cool. If,
0: if you're cool with me I, putting it out there.
2: I'll, I Listen, I enjoy FaZe more than Baldy. So, like, by all means, let the world know that, yeah. you know, that men do not have to, um, can take care of themselves. Yeah, you there we go. I, mean? I think, I think, I think, yeah. honestly think that that's the moral of the story is that men should be, should be feel confident and take care of themselves in whatever way they're buying and care of. So, I'm not, I'm, I'm not ready
1: that. to, I'm not ready to be Miguel Cotto yet. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's exactly, why I'm Vic. like, <laughs> the, si- the sides over here, I'm like, yo, we were sharper a few years ago. Like, what's going on? I'm yeah, like, right, it right, might yeah. be, it might be stress. I think it is stress. Honestly, yeah. I think it is stress. Also, the yeah. pandemic probably didn't help, but you know, we got, we might have to get on
0: some shit in a couple years or so. Stay
2: clean without being Mr. Clean. Like, there you go. I, I like
0: that. I like that. But back to this baseball work stoppage, guys. <laughs> uh, Bradford, I, there were talks before December 1st that both sides uh, were trying to get a deal done in the 11th hour, but you always hear that before there's a strike or work stoppage. What really went down, and how far apart are both sides to getting something done?
2: Okay. So, what really went down is this uh, people have, have long predicted that there would be a lockout now. Um because the owners won the round of negotiations during the last CBA um you know back and forth to such a degree that like players immediately stopped liking it. But they won you know, but for good reason because they got like, you know, they they were losing money clearly, you know. Um they've had um the average salary has gone down in recent years. Uh the a good sort of like back and napkin metric is the uh, MLB qualifying offer rate, which is uh, a con- a one year contract you're allowed to offer to a player on your team one time before they reach free agency. You know, um, you know w- when they reach free agency, as a way of uh, you know, retaining them for next for next season, um, at like a, it's it's kind of like a franchise tag in like football, right? You know, um, and that you know, but it's based on like you know an a- an average like a mean, a mean average of the highest salaries in the game that went down like in you know, like recent years. That qualifying offer has gone down. Um, so on the top end, they're lower on on average. You know, on you know a median level they're lower. Uh and uh, and players are upset about that. Rightfully so. So uh you know they what they're trying to do is they're trying to, to create a more equitable system um where the revenue that is being shared, you know, um approaches something to you know towards what the players believe are a 50 50 split um we only have sort of estimates as to what revenue actually is because no one opens their books ever <laughs> on uh on what you know what money is actually going in the game when i say nobody, i mean the owners
0: um
2: so uh so you know so so we have those like Forbes rankings you know we have you know analysts outside analysts but we don't actually have the accounting um so anyway they want they want a better better share of the revenue they want um to be able to be uh they're paid to correlate with their best and most productive years right now, um, which is similar to most sports, frankly. But like, you know, when you, you the 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 income that you make when you reach the league is much, much lower um, in those early years, despite they, those years often being your most productive seasons because you're in your athletic prime. You know, what I mean, like so for anybody who's like, you know, run a lap in your 30s versus your 20s, like it's different, you know. And so oh, it's the same with oh, the same is. baseball players, right? Brian don't know that he was born in ninety four. Yeah, so, you don't so, know anything so. about that. I ran I ran, <laughs> so, I ran, I ran track
0: across country
1: though. Yeah, I ran you you track across country, country though. Know what but I'm saying? you
0: haven't done it in your thirties, so you do yes. not know
1: <laughs> that feeling. I haven't tried that <laughs> right. much in my twenties. If I'm being totally
0: honest, not really. So, well like, those, you like, like the that, point maybe. is
2: you're you're Gen Z adjacent, so like this is a grown up conversation right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but,
1: I do um, I do want, I do wanna ask though, like because we've we've actually talked about that up here in terms of like arbitration and it being stupid, uh the how long the rookie contracts are. Players like Jeff McNeil, for example, is one who's not gonna be able to see free agency until he's like thirty-three or something like that. great example yeah which is common because and like he's somebody like jacob Degrom didn't get to the majors until they were 26 because they went to college for four years went through the minor league system it took a while so not everyone is able to get to the majors at like 21 22 where they can be a free agent sooner so like do players want to get rid of the arbitrary arbitration system i should say and like is there a push to actually do that i would imagine that you know baseball and you know, people like Rob Manfred are gonna be like, nah, get the fuck out of here.
2: What 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 they wanna do, that's a great question though. What they wanna do is they want to reach free agency at an earlier age. Right, which is yes. yes, exactly. athletic prime. Right, right 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 now it's like they wanna they want to reach about like 29 or something like that. You know, um which is when they can still be they're still like in their prime where like both their skill and their athletic talent are still at a high level, you know? Um and, and you could arguably and you could still say for many folks, especially nutrition and everything, the best years are ahead of them, you know. And so, capturing a little bit of more of that, where you know, in the free agency market, where teams are competing for your services rather than you know one team deciding what they want to pay you, essentially more or less, um, that is what players want without having to concede you know many of the things that just that, that make that make that sort of trade off not worth it. Um, they, uh, you know, I think they want you know they, they want that to be uh, they want the sour sal- the the salary league minimum plus arbitration period to be a. Uh, to be like a five year you know, system. Last I checked, instead of, instead of like a six or often seven year system, um, they uh, you know they they want they want to make they basically they just want that money to correlate with their best years. Um, right now, you know, another thing that that happens right now with, with younger players is that even the very best prospects uh, don't always play the moment that they are, by, you know at least by talent evaluators, appear to be ready for the show. Um, and that is a tactic mm-hmm. that ownership uses, that front offices use, uh, a loophole that allows them to maintain an extra year of control over yep. their salaries and over their career. So, like, so teams would rather have, you know, that extra year of like, you know, league minimum or arbitration or whatever, um, than winning more games. So it's an anti it's a, it's an anti competitive, you know, tactic that nonetheless saves you money. Uh, you know, on a, on a management, and so that's kind of whack. So they want to change that too. Part of me
0: wants to ask this question that I feel like I know the answer to, right? Which is, why don't the owners want then to make their players happier, which would be reaching free agency earlier, increasing their earning potential? And I know that the answer is greed, but is there something deeper
2: than that, Bradford? Yeah, I mean, I really think I think back in the I I shouldn't say back in the day. There's always been cheap owners. I don't want to be ahistorical, right? But at least, even among like, you know, even uh, even in, in recent decades, there, was, there were often maverick type owners who just kind of like cared about winning at all costs, you know. Um, where where the ownership of a team was like sort, of, sort of a sense of pride, you know, and they wanted to, you know, and they wanted to win. So that was often George Steinbrenner. Not always. He also colluded <laughs> against his players. He was one of the owners who did that. Uh, against or against free agents and all that, so, um, so he's I, he has have a perfect record on that, but he often set the market with free agency, and uh, and that's why the Yankees ran high, super high payrolls. Um, you know, people forget you know, the their dynasty was homegrown, but they had a lot of big trades and free agencies, like you know the Jeter dynasty. I'm referring to, you know, um, yeah. and then w- and then when those players reach free agency, they often ex- you know or or about to reach free agency, they gave them big money and extensions or you know or, or, or new contracts. Um, so like that was how you know george steinbrenner used to run the team to give you one example but his son al steinbrenner does not have the same you know does not appear to have the same kind of pride in being the owner of the yankees despite the you know so, and so like it becomes more of a piggy bank where they still run high payrolls but they're only re- high relative to all the other teams that are engaging in anti-competitive taking practices not high based on the actual money the yankees are bringing in it if if they if the ratio was similar to what it was back when George Steinbrenner was alive the Yankees would have like a 300 million dollar payroll and that's not even an exaggeration that's just like based on inflation um plus you know uh franchise valuations you know um going up you know, significantly over the last 15 20 years so um they uh so they so the Yankees currently like in both you know pay like less money to towards their players than they used to um you know back in the Steinbrenner days and and that's how I think even a lot of you know a, a lot of the teams that used to set the market uh, are now behaving, and so um, that maybe you know maybe Steve Cohen is like kind of changing that a little bit because clearly that dude is like ready to spend, and he don't care, um, which is by the way is a good thing, you know. And I, I I've you know criticized Steve Cohen for many reasons, but like he's like he's he's spending out there. He's trying to um, you know field a competitive team with the best resource that he has, which is lots and lots of money. He will never you know um, he's never going to run out of it. Um, but, uh, you know, we need more of that in the league because the valuations are crazy. Every single team, except for I believe the Miami Marlins, is worth over a billion dollars. The TV contracts are coming in are crazy. Um, they have the money to go out and and, uh, and pay everyone a much higher wage, including the minor leaguers, by the way. Um, but, um, you know, they, they, they ain't doing that.
0: So basically they just don't want to, right? Like
2: they yeah, don't want yeah. Yeah. to that right? <laughs> <laughs> like like it's a, it's, a, it's a very long way of saying yes it's yes it's green, you know. And then yes. and
1: then <laughs> and then you compare it to like these other leagues, right? In the NFL, uh, I think if you're a second to seventh round pick, the team, I mean, granted, it's still not a great setup, but it's four years and then you can go be a free agent. Basketball, if you're a first round pick, it's four years, and then you can go ahead and be a free agent. Of course, they could decline your option if you suck and then you're screwed, but that's sort of how it works, and then if you're a second-round pick, it can be three, four years, whatever the case may be, but the point is that, especially in the case of basketball, because you have 19, 20-year-olds entering the draft, you have guys that are 23, 24 years old, 25 years old entering free agency, and in baseball, that's when guys are often like entering their first- Their rookie, rookie year. season, yes, you're right, exactly, like, That
2: that is the life of a major leaguer, you get you might get drafted at 18. You might spend six years in the minor leagues, even if you're a good, talented player. And and in those minor league contracts, like you know, are bad. They're you know they are poverty wages. Um, so you spend those six years in the minor leagues, and then you make and then you finally make it at age 23, 24, 25. Um, you play you know you play your best years, making uh, salaries way way less than the actual value you bring to your team. And then mm-hmm. finally, you hit free agency, and you're 31, and you might be declining a little bit, and, and all of a sudden, nobody wants you. Like, right? Yep. Yeah, you know, exactly. that, that's that's untenable. That's untenable. And yeah, and and, that, and that's not that's not the credit the NBA and NFL who have horribly oppressive systems in their own way. Salary caps should be all abolished, but at least you know, but uh, but at least the um the production correlates with like you know um with the agent and output and and actual you know and uh, uh sorry salaries correlate with production a lot more in those leagues. right
0: right one other one other thing i want to ask you about on the work stoppage too is where are they i know there's a difference in what uh the players want and the owners want in terms of a post-season post format right in terms of expanding expanding uh expanding the amount of post teams right so there's been some talk about going from 10 to 12 i think mlb they wanted 14 what do you think they come in the
2: middle at 12 or or you know where do you think that goes i'm pretty confident expanded playoffs will happen like okay I, I think i think it makes sense for everyone frankly you know i think it, it uh it's argue you know i guess i think some some folks will argue it's anti, you know it's it's not or not anti, that that it will increase competition by giving everyone more of a chance to make the playoffs and you know and M L B the playoffs are crapshoot, you know, sincerely, where like a team can go can get hot and just dominate. That was the Atlanta Braves. The Atlanta Braves were were pretty bad <laughs> for like, <laughs> four months out of the year, as uh, Brian as a Mets fan knows very painfully. <laughs> um, Dexter is too. But, yep, but yeah, but you. then right, right, exactly. But then they turn yeah, so uh but then they turned yeah, they turned the Jets up, you know, the last six weeks of the year. Uh and you know, Cruz, you know, and then of course Cruz and dominated, yeah, through the postseason, beating teams that uh were largely, largely, I think they were always the underdog in every single matchup they mm-hmm. had this postseason. Yep. All the teams won more, you know, won significantly more games than they did, and um, you know, but it, it didn't matter. Um, they won For most of the year. So, they like, weren't
1: even the best team in their own division.
2: Yes, which exactly. Is more so, painful. I mean, so, 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 I think you can. I think you can kind of like rationalize like the idea of like, okay, sure, sure we're like we're just a mediocre team, but yo, we made it, and all we gotta do is win a best out of five or something like that, you know, or win this wild card game and then win a best out of seven and then anything can happen. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like the NBA where like, you know, you kind of know who the final four are going to be. You know what I mean? Like, like with, with some with without, it's not, it's not, it's, it's a pretty safe and easy bet so long as like LeBron doesn't get hurt. Basically like, you know, like, you know, LeBron's team is going to make it to you know final four or, you know, or now Giannis or now, you know, whoever, you know, you, you wouldn't anoint as sort of the leader in the NBA. Like baseball is not like that, you know, like, like anything can happen in a short set. So, um, I, I, I think, I, I think that will be the concession the players give because it will generate more money for owners. Um, you know, everyone's going to tune in those games, you know, even games with mediocre playoff teams are going to be intense and fun. So right. I think that could, you know, see? I think that's what, that'll be the
0: way. You see the owners, they'll be about it. If it comes to giving them some more money, they'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, there's more money for everybody. And Yeah. You get my point, though, right? It's more money for everybody. But it's more.
2: But the the players are saying it's more labor from us. You know what I mean? It's more work. Mm Yeah, like 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 I I, I might want to be on vacation if my team is like okay, and September thirtieth, let's say, right? You know, and and wildly underdog or something like that, and they might just say like, well, you know, we'll give that to you guys because it's worth it's worth more to you than to me. But but uh, but if you if you uh, revise our salary structure, we'll uh, you know we'll take it. We'll take those extra days that generate many millions of dollars for you. So with all that being said, I guess we had to land on,
0: okay, do we think this ends? Do we think this ends before the season is scheduled to start? Or do you see this as a long-term work stoppage?
2: My lean is that it will get resolved. It's whack how it's happening because, work because uh, not work stoppage, but uh, lockouts are not necessary. Like, they, they're not, you know? you can still continue to negotiate without not without um forcing players who are say rehabbing an injury to seek out a doctor independently um you can still do that the uh, MLB has not provided serious offers or serious you know uh to to the MLBPA the, the players union um and so uh you know so using that rather than in you know, a good faith negotiation which would mean like you know Maybe you have to equivocal disagreements about like, but but a serious offer from the league to the union, um, could, uh, could you know I, you could have you could have like that's one way you can you can do this you know in, in total good faith where everyone kind of working fairly and having some friction, but it's that uh, the mob is not doing that they're not offering you know they're not giving making good faith offers they're trying to speed up on the back end by forcing the players into an uncomfortable situation um and so there again there there are lots of ways to do this but they're not doing they're not choosing a, a good way that being said i think that the players do need I mean, the players do need it and the owners need it as well because of frankly the pandemic everyone lost mm-hmm. a lot of money in 2020 right uh, which doesn't say the owners aren't like super rich but they did but they took some hits in 2020 because there was no there was no uh there was no reception at the gates there was no you know no games being played played for 3 months 3 plus months um and, uh, you know, and then even this year, like, you know, uh, everything, um, attendance was way down because of the, again, because of a pandemic, you know, there yep. were, there were state and city laws in place in a lot of places, you know, a lot of places. And of course, just a, la- a lack of demand for, for going to stuff when, you know, you know, you're in a pandemic. So I think that the money that ownership lost or, you know, or, or, or revenue or expectations that, that, or expectations that were, that weren't met in the last couple of years, Will lead to them coming to the table eventually and and working something out before games are missed. Maybe it ekes out a little bit in spring training, but that's my that's my gut, and that's kind of what I think a lot of players have told me their are feeling is. But um, but you know anything can happen. I just think I just think that things will be okay. It just sucks to see it happen in bad faith rather than good faith. It does. We- it does suck to
1: see that. We, we've we talked on this podcast a couple different times uh, over the last couple of years about just how slow free agency generally is. This year was the opposite, uh, seemingly anticipation of this lockout. Was this sort of maybe this isn't the right question, but you'll, you'll know where I'm going. Was this sort of by design so that the owners could be like, see, look, we paid the players so much money. And now they want to lock out or whatever the case may be, and just sort of pointing the finger at them when it's mad disingenuous and that's some
2: typical billionaire shit. You no, know, Brian, you asking a very sneaky question. It may be sneaky. like, look, the, uh, look that uh, was that not what man Rob Manfred's mentioned? Like in his uh, mm. open letter to the fans, like we we spent a tremendous you know our team spent a tremendous amount of money in free agency, in, you know, in the last few weeks. So mm-hmm. how can you say anything's broken? And a lot of people in the media. You know, uh, ran with that line, and that look. Everyone is clearly competitive because look at all the money being spent spent out there. Again, ignoring the wider context, the longer, the, the larger trends. Um, I, I imagine that that wasn't. You know, I can't say it's the, enti- the entire motivation, but it's part of it. You know, because um, just what four years ago, Bryce Harper, the reigning MVP, uh, had to wait until spring training to sign his contract.
1: Was on spring the cover training. of the show without a team. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't even. He didn't even sign with the Phillies yet. They he he's the cover athlete. He yeah, didn't even he, have he a team that, yet. Yeah,
2: that, he had that Joe Random creative player jersey. Yeah, <laughs> like, and then they updated um,
1: it with the Phillies one.
2: Right. Exactly. So I mean, that was uh, you know, that's a real thing that happened um in twenty in the uh twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen, or no, rather, no twenty eighteen to twenty nineteen offseason. So um, that's not that's very recent history. You can't say that's like you know. That's just you know that that the league has completely moved away from squeezing out very talented players and good, and good players who have a track record of you know of of success um, from free agency. So I mean, I think um, I, I think it's very possible that part of the motivation was to uh, have a rhetorical advantage, you know, um, in in the press and public uh, with you know, I guess their their dealings with the players. I think the other reason too is because I think. You know, uh, some teams were, were, were frankly, just kind of like, and this is my good faith explanation that they were just um, concerned about the possibility of a work stoppage leading to not being able to grab the guy they wanted, you know, in time. Um, and uh, and you know, I think I think that may you know, or perhaps having um, losing significant financial concessions in free agency that would lead to players cashing out a lot more. I, I think that's kind of what happened with frankly Wanda Franco who got that gigantic extension is that the Rays were sort of protecting against the possibility of arbitration or free agency mm-hmm. uh, being redesigned in a way that would make Fr- Wander Franco a lot more money as, talent- as, as talented players he is. So I think that is, that is at least part of the motivation as well, just like it is, is teams protecting themselves against the unknown by like rushing on and getting the free agency that they want.
1: That was one of those contracts when I saw the extension, it made me mad because I knew he got underpaid. This Ozzy Albies was the one that really
2: pissed me off a few years ago, whatever it was. Oh yeah, I was yeah. Like,
1: I, you knew what the Braves were doing. Ronald Acuna Ozzie, did Al- it. Albies,
2: Ozzy Albies and Ronald, Ronald Acuna Jr. Like they got yep. they got screwed. But you know, I'm glad I'm glad they're they're generationally rich, but they still got screwed. Like that's very you know, like I, both can be true at the same time. Yeah. And and, and uh, with these extensions. And uh, Wander, you know, again, Wander got paid, but like, you know, but he definitely likely leaves money on the table bearing a, you know, a catastrophic injury, you know, like, um, right. and that, that's, that's unfortunate. So I, hope, I do hope that, you know, I'm happy for him, but I do hope that was provides the system in a way so that less Wander Franco's exists. And also, yeah. what is worse? I happen to know, I, I'm not sure if y'all notice this, but it seems like it happens a lot more where like, the young Latino players, oh, than, yeah. you know. Yeah. I was just about they're, they're to point that like, shit out. <laughs> Yeah, um white players. They, they of course they, they sign you know below market extensions as well. But it seems it seems it, it just it. I, I don't have the economics. I don't have a, a, a spreadsheet. They try to get us yo they, But it it sure, it sure seems like a lot of these folks who grew up very poor in Dominican or Colombia, or whatever, like um, and signed for maybe you know for twenty thousand dollars to get off the island, and they have and they have minor league poverty wages of like the first people to jump at those extensions. And so I think that's a systemic reality that Major League Baseball maybe maybe hasn't entirely created, you know, global poverty, but they're certainly using it to their advantage. Oh, absolutely. They are.
0: Backpack Broadcasting continues to bring you the best original sports content, but now you can get more of the content you love. For as little as $3 a month, you can get access to bonus content, including behind-the-scenes footage and interviews from the Sports Walk, Sideline Stories, or the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. All this exclusive content comes via Patreon. There are tiered levels of patronage, and each Backpack Broadcasting patron receives exclusive perks. Your support helps Backpack Broadcasting create more of the original content that you love. Visit Backpack Broadcasting's Patreon page and become the patron today speaking of this is a great transition possibly i'm gonna be careful with my language here using things to their advantage mr bradford davis here he's not the person using things to advantage just so we're clear there. he's not that <laughs> he is not that person let me be clear about that that is not what i'm talking about we are talking about baseball here but brad you recently wrote an article for Insider, which is fantastic, and I really encourage everyone to check it out. It is yep. titled "This Major League Baseball Secretly Used Two Different Types of Baseballs Last Season." Now, Brad, I'd spoken to you when you told me about that you were working on this. So I so I I knew a little bit about this coming, okay? Um, and you talked about the impact of this. And what it's had since you went on your trip and how it's blown up and gone everywhere. Even though there are outlets that are absolutely ignoring this and you should know who they are. There are people who are definitely ignoring this story. But I think you look at this headline, the headlines right here for people watching this podcast. Baseball secretly used two different types of baseballs last season. That is crazy, Brad. Like that's insane. Just the headline alone is like, oh shit, I'm... (laughs) <laughs> Need to read this. Alright, tell the people why they should read this and why. This is crazy. This is crazy.
2: All right. So that's not that's the piece I was teasing when uh y'all introduced me. Um I uh I, you know, I wrote it for Insider, which is where I work as an investigative writer. Um I uh yeah, the headline is what it says, Major League Baseball used two different baseballs. They designed the two differently. Um one was designed to um suppress offense which means that the other was designed to not suppress offense, you know, uh, to increase it relative to, to the ball that they uh, announced that they were going to be using uh, in the beginning part of the season or rather at the the season began to uh, at least their teams, um, the teams run offices. And, uh, but yeah, both were found in the field of play. There was a, is a woman, a uh, astrophysicist named Dr. Meredith Wills, brilliant woman who has been studying uh, the ball's composition for the last few years. Uh, what she does is she kind of like almost surgically takes them apart, like you know seam by seam and measures all the different weights to kind of understand you know um the materials that are going would go into making a ball and see and and draw some inferences as to how they may or may not perform based on how they're composed and um using her you know using her training as as a physicist to do that, so what she found was that the scent was that that by on the outside the baseballs were imperceptibly you know there's no perceptible difference you know. But on the inside, their center weights, which is like the cork and rubber-like pill that's inside the ball, wrapped in yarn, um, were uh, like some balls were you know were were, were at a higher higher weight, and you know some somewhere at a lower weight. So ball A, you know, would do one thing as MLB, you know, it was MLB's you know strong attention, and ball B would do another thing. Um, and uh of course that's all, that's weird enough right like it's hard to imagine like the nba having you know different basketballs <laughs> you know what I mean like if you had and, and you know uh you know it would like you know i mean we, we remember what happened to flake late when, when 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 tom Brady right. was different footballs and everyone else and that caused a gigantic stir you know um so it's you know so it's crazy enough that it was at major league baseball which is a uh Actually, to be clear, is he part? Is uh, owns a stake in Rawlings, Rawlings. the ba- the, ba- the exclusive manufacturer of MLB, you know, balls. Um, you know, uh, to doing that, but then not informing people in any sort of way that anyone can trace. Like that's that is, that just makes things even crazier, and, and- so. Um, Now, now the league, the league said in a statement to me where where they basically admitted, yes, sorry, yeah, we we didn't say sorry, but yeah, we're used to baseballs. Um, They said they informed the the players' association. I um, have not heard that to be the case. You know, um, based on conversations with dozens of players, as well as scouts and his front offices and and front office workers and all that, all everyone, every single person I spoke to in, in pretty much every aspect of you know the baseball work funnel, whatever business funnel, they all said, yeah, we were under the assumption that there would be one ball. Because, again, why would you even think that, <laughs> that there would be two balls? Right.
0: And Brad, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cut you there. Okay. But I have a, I have a question, right? Because you, you spoke about this in an article. I'm just... I'm taking some notes on your article. And you said, in February, the league revealed, right, that in the advice of uh, Cadres, Cadres scientific experts, it secretly begun making the ball center, the layered complex of yarn wound around a cork rubber, as you explained, Slightly lighter and less dense, in order to to this is the quote quote in order to improve the consistency of the baseball's performance. To which I ask, who else? Because Brian knows I ask about all. I always ask, who wanted this? Yeah. Well, clearly (laughs) in this situation, that's why I was clearly seems like baseball. (laughs) But you talked to I think in this article, you talked to over about twenty four people in total in this article, I think it might have been more than that. You, you talk yeah, to say, I say, I, 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 under, I undercounted, but yes.
2: You're undercounted. Uh, you undercounted. Uh, that's I'm right. You talk to
0: more people than that. Give or take 30. We'll see. Let's, but let, let's, let's, let's take, because you talked to scouts, you talked to an astrophysicist who's prominent in this article. Players. You talk to players. We know you've talked to players. Yes. We know baseball, see, it seems from the story like they wanted this. What players wanted this? And they didn't consult <laughs> the players. What players would say they want two balls? Right, like who? Where was the demand for this to change or improve the ball? Who in the game prior to 2020 was saying, "Hey, we need to change this ball"?
2: Wilson, there was a desire to change the ball. To be clear, because in 2019, you know, um, that was the apex of what's called of of what we're still currently in, called the juice ball era, where balls just been flying off bats, you know, in ways never seen before in the in MLB history. And so uh, there was there were definitely complaints about why balls are just taking off like that. Uh, so and so there was a desire from you know certainly from some players you know sure not not if you hit forty home runs you know after being like a you know a Pudge Judy dude um, and you got paid for that like I'm sure that's that's cool but like but a lot of players was you know I'm sure a lot of you know at the same time on, on a pitching level you're really frustrated because like you know things that used to be lazy fly balls are like three run home runs <laughs> so. Um, you Know the, so there, there were complaints before that, and so when Major League Baseball is like, Hey, we're gonna improve the consistency of the baseball, that sounds like great, but you can't do that if you have two different baseballs, <laughs> like, like, that <laughs> undercuts that point. Like, right. That, that's yeah, right, and, that, and there, therein lies the problem, Dexter, with that quote is that you're saying, Okay, we, we're gonna fix the, the consistency, it can't be consistent if there are two,
0: two, yes. And I read that, and obviously, this this is very early in the article after reading the hard line, and I
2: was like, What. <laughs> like, yeah. like uh, this, this just do doesn't that. work. Yeah, it just doesn't. How, so how, it's, it's important. It's important to note that the league that the league um, bl- blamed the reason for this on COVID nineteen on the pandemic. Um, I, I they it further. They, ex- you know, further explain that Bradford. But further, th- explain th- th- that. Th- yeah. that doesn't even but make what, sense. What, what, they, what they were saying. What they were saying was that basically the pandemic created like sort of shortages. You know, um, that forced them to use the older design of baseball, the one that they indicated they were moving away from before the season began, but. <laughs> so if that's true why do they keep producing the old baseball and that's where dr Meredith Wills comes in is that she found up she found baseballs as recently as august in their manufacturing august 2021 that were using the older design the one that they said they were phasing out the one they said that wasn't meeting the um performance specifications that they wanted so why would you do that if you you know if you uh if uh if it's a pandemic's fault you know like, why would you still making the the ball you're, you're moving away away from, you know, uh, that you only had to use to to fill your inventory if, uh, you know, if, if it's just a pandemic, you know. So I, 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 that don't make no sense to me. Um, it makes not make no sense to anybody I talk to, but uh, that is what Major League Baseball told me.
0: This is a case of I look at Major League Baseball and I say, we don't believe you, we need more people, right? <laughs> I, I, I'm just not, I'm not seeing this at all and how this adds up. And especially, I, I trust... Uh, Dr. Willis, the astrophysicist on this, who mm-hmm. studied this and has looked at this, and okay, Brad, here's my thing, and I got to think this is Brian's question on this too. Okay. I, so your article to someone has exposed, I don't want to say exposed baseball, but it's exposed this, right? It's exposed that two different types of baseballs lose this season. It is a fact. Baseball admitted to this. They gave a reason, and okay, Now, what are we supposed to do from this? Because clearly from your investigative piece, there are some players that are upset, and I think rightfully so. But where does baseball go from this? And does this impact negotiations uh, with the new CBA at all whatsoever? Does this have any impact on this going forward? Great question.
2: I mean, look, the NBA actually has a very interesting analog to this. Um, Back in 06... You may remember this, but uh, ah, small ball. Mix went from their organic material basketball to a synthetic ball. They gave a couple of them to players at the 2006 All Star game, which is I guess before, you know when, that's for the 0506 season, not the 0607 season, right? And a couple, uh, and it, it, they tried it out a little bit, but it wasn't. But they, were, they did not like um, give the players a whole lot of heads up on this. You know, they, they weren't testing it. And so, you know, and so they were pissed when the 0607 season began. Yep. Yo. and uh you know everyone was like oh was a slippery on right. my shots my shots off." like we you know it's, yeah we, we yeah. by the it, way they, they,
1: they were- it still made nba live 2007 the ball was in that game <laughs> verified <laughs> okay like <laughs> that ugly ass ball was in that
2: game it was look, look it up <laughs> um Right. Uh, I think I moved on from live to 2k i, I but I realized I don't know what I had back oh, i was still, had, I was still hanging on at that time
0: sadly but um I, <laughs> on. I moved on after that but, uh, but that
2: was actually my last one <laughs> but uh but back to the situation it was so such a controversy that like Mark Cuban actually like commissioned a study yeah. to investigate how the ball was impacting the game um and the nbpa that's that's the nBA players union. They filed agreements with the NLRB, NLRB, the National Labor Review Board, over the you know um, lack of input they had on the equipment that they're using. Like it was a really big deal. It's such a big deal that this year, when they actually switched switch balls, but 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 at least included the players a lot more from Spalding to Wilson as their official manufacturer, players were still like really really concerned about it like this. Like you know people were speaking out preemptively about this. You know they better not do what they did last time. Um, and then, uh, and, then, and then even still, I think, you know, Nicole Jokic and, and B, Paul George are all complaining about the mm-hmm. shots being off this year. Um, you know, these are like, these aren't like small fries, you know, these are like all, perennial all stars and the top two MVP getters of the last season. They're all, yeah. you know, they're, 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 uh, people are upset. CJ McCollum was like talking about how he's like collecting input from the union. CJ McCollum being the president of NBA, like, you know, to see if like they need to you know, do more to, to, uh, speak out about this ball. So, I mean, um, so that, so that's just, you know, right. You know, you don't even have to go into, uh, other countries where tampering with, with, with equipment has literally gotten commissioners fall you know, fired. That happened in NBB. Uh, yep. you know, that's, that's Japan, Japan, South. League. Um, yeah. they, 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 they messed with the ball and the commissioner, you know, had his head roll for it. So like, you know, you just go to the NBA, like, you know, in recent, recent living memory, and you can see, like you know, how bad this can get. So, well, I, as far as far as right now, like the you know, union does have a lot of concerns, like first order concerns about like just the pure straight out economics of this. But I think if, they, if, they, if uh, I think that they are still very pissed. Like a lot, of, again, a lot of players have told me that. You know, a lot of people who were apparently like you know negotiating in the wee hours right before the lockout, like had all been pretty familiar with like the you know with uh, or become familiarized with the story after it came out. You know and uh we're we're talking about that um amongst themselves so i th- i think that if there can be more economic lines drawn like say hey did one team say disproportionately get more more of ball a than ball b like if that happens like you know i think there'll be war um right now it is it's just a, it's a, it's, a, it's a point of concern
0: it does say something that in you i'm glad you brought another league in north america that had a ball issue and players were vocal about it and it was clearly shown that Hey, you need to talk to the players. And MLB knows that. And they were just were like, nah, we're not, we're not going to talk to the players. I guess, I guess the last thing from us on this, because we know you got to go, yeah. uh uh, Brad, is that, you know, I don't know if you can say where you go from here. You said it, you think it'll be a a a part of lockout, but I think one of the other things that could be moved towards future work for you is this doesn't impact just the game on the field. It impacts the money in the game off the field, right? In terms of sports right. betting. And you had some talk about that in your in your piece. Do you see this being the next sort of chapter for this story, the next thing for you to do and look and look at and dive into? Because it's not just about the competition. There's so much money in sports betting right now. These leagues, these leagues aren't even denying it. So you gotta get this information out there. You can't be hiding two balls. Like, you can't do that. <laughs>
2: yeah, I I I I happen to think the question here, Dexter, is like, what is MLB's obligate, like, contractual obligations to these gambling companies. Is this information about these two different balls performed in different ways something that they had a contractual uh, obligation to provide to their betting partners? You know? Um, if so, they might have a lot of problems. That's all I'll say.
0: I, yeah, I I would I would think they could. We know you gotta get out of here. Brad, we appreciate you. Keep up the good work on Insider, keep fighting the good fight and exposing the corruption, like people hiding two balls and doing other all kinds of other stuff. Peace, Yo. man. We'll talk to you soon.
2: Well, yeah. you to Once again, all that's right. Bradford. I'm sorry, I'm sorry,
0: I gotta bounce. No, 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 it's all good, man. Once again, that's Bradford Davis. He is investigative reporter for Insider, and we appreciate his work. So much interesting stuff there, Brian. Woo! MLB sometimes they just can't get out their own way man can't get out their own way
1: the only thing I wonder and this is a conversation for another conversation but I just wondered sort of the collateral damage this could have towards minor league baseball not Mm. so much with the with the two baseball story but what we were talking about earlier in terms of the lockout situation because minor leaguers were already they couldn't play in 2020 there was yep. no there were no minor leagues in 2020. That's a great and, point. And all of these guys had to just pick back up, resume their careers in 2021, hope that they were, you know, still good, hope I, you don't know how guys were able to practice or whatever cuz baseball is a different one of those things. It's not quite like it's not like basketball or track where you can get out and perhaps find a park and shit. Parks are closed at some points. But, you know, baseball is a very particular thing. If you don't have like your little hitaway, I don't know if people still use that, but You know, if you don't have certain things, it's going to be hard to do. And if you're a pitcher, you know, not everybody. And here's the thing that we talk about this during the during the height of the pandemic, which, you know, we may still be in, get back to. I don't know. But in terms of practicing, like not everyone has like this big house where they can just, you know, throw a baseball or whatever the case may be or shoot a basketball. Like a lot of these guys, because player movement is what it is. And they haven't, as we talked about with Bradford, don't really have those salaries yet. A lot of them just live in condos. And if you live in a condo, you don't have access to all the things that people who have certain homes do. It kind of it kind of depends on the situation from building to building,
0: et cetera, et cetera. So all I that stuff matters. That. All yeah. this stuff with baseball is so interconnected. It's going to be interesting to watch, the work stoppage, the stuff around the two different baseballs. And it's crazy. I, I I think it's crazy that what Bradford reported on still isn't getting uh, more national play for some major media outlets. But you want to know why? Get your left <laughs> even on Follow the money. Follow yeah. the money. One time for your mind, one time. One time. one time. one time for your mind, one time. All right, one time for your mind. We got some interesting stuff this week to talk about should be interesting. I got something about people. You know, we talked a lot about people who don't want to get that COVID jab. Woo, there's people going through great lengths to not get this COVID jab. And Brian, Brian has had some beef with Instagram's algorithm for their videos. I've heard a little bit of his uh, complaint on this, but he's going to tell you more about that. Brian, what you got about Instagram messing up the video algorithm?
1: I'm just going to recite this from personal experience, because as I tried to find a story, like actually covering this, nobody did it well enough. Everybody's just trying to give you the secrets to be like, oh, this is how you sort of beat the algorithm. And it's like a bullshit explanation of how you don't actually beat it. It's just, you know, some clickbaity shit. And then some other places are just kind of like, oh, here's what Instagram is doing, blah, 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 blah. But it doesn't sort of tell you because I think everybody's trying to figure out. If you just notice on Instagram, you post a video now. And, uh, that shit is just like, like nobody's getting the views that they were, uh, you know, probably a couple months ago or so nobody's getting the traction for certain things, which is not great for creators. Um, it's been bad to the point where it's like, and you, and you post at like the times that you normally would where, you know, cause I track when people are sort of looking at my profile the most, when my posts do, you know, X amount, whatever the case may be. And y'all know me. I am not the person who gives a shit about a lot, a lot of this stuff in terms of like I care about the information or not care about like I read the information because it's useful. Kind of like the way I look at, you know, advanced analytics of sports, but I'm not going to you know build my thesis on it. And when it comes to Instagram, especially not. But they're just making it harder and harder because they're trying to force shit on you. They're trying to make everyone do these reels. And I just want to post a regular fucking video and not have to make it look like a fucking reel. And that shit is mad annoying. So yeah, I don't want to post reels on Instagram. I'm sorry. I make actual reels working on a couple right now for the purposes of my career. Not this fucking Instagram reel bullshit, right? So like I, one, it's an insult to call that shit a reel. And two, like, look, <laughs> I agree. especially if you're me, right? Like I'm not part of uh, the demographic that you're targeting for that. So allow me to just post shit the way I want to post shit or else I'm taking my business to fucking TikTok.
0: Shout but out. but here's my thing that I feel like a lot of people would want to know, and maybe I'm ignorant to this. Why I know you might not have the answer to this, but I'm curious as to see your thoughts. Why do you think Instagram has wanted to change up their video, video algorithm?
1: They just want to make people use reels, I think like they just want people to use certain things they're introducing, right? Instead of posting a regular video, they want it to look specifically like a reel so they could push that feature. Yeah. And, you know, whatever. All these apps are biting off each other anyway. Like Clubhouse already came and went. I'm like, I'm seeing people do Twitter spaces every day. I was actually in one last night. I was not speaking. I was just listening. Um, it was actually the first Latino Rebels one, which is it had our uh, two previous A Hard to Tell guests were the speakers, Julio and uh, Julio, Ricardo Varela and uh, Pablo Manriquez. They were talking about the stuff going on in D.C. So I was just listening to support and obviously, you know, gather some info. But yeah, like I, in Twitter Spaces, I, I I like, but like it's a ripoff of Clubhouse. Instagram Reels is just a ripoff of this, and this is a ripoff of this. like Instagram Stories weren't even a thing; they took that from Snapchat. You know what I mean? Like yep. all these apps are just ripping off each other, and Instagram has a little bit more of a monopoly because we know who owns it and uh, who owns that, who owns Facebook, who owns WhatsApp. And look, insert this is another conversation that's unrelated to this, but that's how we have a lot of misinformation now because. A lot of my people are on WhatsApp because we have group chats amongst each other because we have family in different countries and things of that nature. I I have a show on Five Reasons Sports with Tim A. Bain, a uh, friend of the show. We use WhatsApp because he lives in the Bahamas, right? A lot of our relatives are prone to misinformation because they have these things, especially Facebook, because Facebook they don't weed out sort of the misinformation and instagram doesn't really do a great job of that either i think every app uh should do a better job of that you know and it seems like when trump gets banned from twitter for example it seems like too little too late and you still have poor messaging out there regardless but that's another uh diatribe for another uh occasion i suppose
0: okay who knew instagram, the last thing i will say the last video thing I say algorithm on,
1: yes the last thing i will say on this front is like i'm actually serious about like tiktok shit like i'm this close because like even some of the stuff that i've done with Fanduel, like they post that on tiktok and i i just look at that and i wonder i'm like hmm if tiktok is not going to be that much of a pain in the ass maybe but it also looks like mad effort y'all motherfuckers be going way too hard You know, taking five hours to post a video that's one minute long that's on a social media app. Like, I'm just not going to do that. If I'm going to take five hours to post a one minute clip for something, it's going to be, you know, to promote something I'm doing, podcast, whatever the case may be. It probably Mm -hmm. won't even take five hours, but I ain't doing that for fucking TikTok.
0: Get the fuck out of here, yo. Split personality myself. I'm not doing that. I don't think we need to see that. (laughs) 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 Instagram video algorithm that's going to be I want to see if there's any better reporting on people reporting on this just about being forced to use certain features and different social media platforms and how we might see that continue and i will say this
2: and they make no it
0: point. so that if you don't you if you don't do certain things right, right then your
1: engagement goes down goes down right? so and it's, that's, it's, and it's right. like yo like people shouldn't have to be forced to do Anything really. I mean, this is I, I, like, you know, but I,
0: I don't, I don't, I don't just, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that at all whatsoever. The other point I agree with you is that a lot of these uh, social media outlets are just continuously biting off each other and it starts to be overlapped by users. Like there's users who don't know how to use one as opposed to the other. Like one of the examples I always think about is LinkedIn. Like you got people on LinkedIn trying to holler at you, you got people on LinkedIn. Oh, yeah posting pictures that are not professional it's like what are we doing here like linkedin has Facebook. stories
1: now youtube LinkedIn has stories, stories, now. stories
0: now right shorts yeah, yeah. it's it's just it's, and then it's
1: everyone on linkedin questions. and i you see me tweet i tweeted this about i actually
2: i grabbed i saw me. that i saw you too like, every tweet fucking
1: under. viral linkedin post is the same format it. and that shit is. is annoying is. I, is. linkedin i like you man like don't do this to me you know what I'm saying? Every but time, it's not app, Some of that is not even
0: them. Some of that is not even them. It's the people. Like I, it's it's the so, users.
1: I know, but I'm like, yo, can you weed this stuff out for me, please?
0: Because I, if I, I, if I, I, I go on my LinkedIn
1: right now, it's going to be somebody, you know, talking about how they got fucking fired and got all these rejections and all this shit. Actually, shout out I mean, to Kyle always- because he's the first person that popped up here. But that's mainly what it is. They got you know. Don't be here. We go. Stop settling. What you want is possible. It might take some time to get it, but it is indeed possible. And if I click why on this mad, person, why are you mad? I click on inspiration. This bullshit. You no, know, like, come on. Like, inspiration <laughs> is not bullshit. But you know, this is disingenuous. And if I go on this person's profile, I guarantee you, there's gonna be ma- like this is all they post. Gonna you know, all they post. Actually, this person is sharing all the people who uh, reposted this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like this. is Oh. Before, this is a good one, before you start actively interviewing for new jobs, ask yourself, what do I need in a manager? Be intentional about getting to know them throughout the interview process. Ask the tough questions to ensure that the relationship is a good match. Look for signs. Are they empathetic? Do they care about development? How do they water their employees? What? Are they open to feedback? How do they handle failure or pressure? Like, Come on,
0: man. I mean, I feel like those are all good questions. I think that's all hard to find in an interview. And, like, listen, interviews are kind of like first dates, right? It's I, about no, the point is correct. People, I'm just
1: annoyed that this is this is what LinkedIn is now. Like, yo, dog, I'm just trying to find some
0: work. Yo, trying but people, to find some people but listen, I with. listen like, people there are, play, you talk about Instagram changing the algorithm, people there are just playing the algorithm. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that's what they're doing. All right, what I got for one time for your mind, whoo, that's a good one. If you're watching, you see this headline. Man wears fake arms <laughs> in attempt to avoid COVID jab. A shout out to my sister-in-law, Sam, who sent me this. And wow. I was absolutely dying. Dying. 50-year-old man in Italy was supposed to, because Italy is now having, uh, they're having, you know, vaccine mandates uh, in, in the country. Good. And so this, which is great, we, we had, but this is, this is a creative anti-vaxxer. Okay, guys, I mean, most anti-vaxxers stand out there say, I'm not taking it, blah, blah, blah. And I always say, okay, well, what's going to happen when you actually have to take this? You actually have to do this for work. You can't just be out here not doing anything. And so, what I've learned from this in this story with this Italian man who tried to avoid getting the jab is people are seriously willing to go through certain lengths. But you know what I say, Brian, everything's got a price, right? Mm -hmm. everything's got a price and what's your price? Now, this man actually was willing to pay a couple hundred euros. This is according to a report from The Guardian, okay? This man wore a silicone prosthetic arm, okay? Put up a silicone prosthetic arm, fake arm, guys, when he was going to go and get the shot, right? Crazy. Crazy, crazy. So what 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 happened? He goes in there, signs a consent form, rolls up his sleeve for the healthcare worker to come and put the jab in. And he or she, I believe it was a she, did not it was a she. She did not notice anything at first. And I'm going to read then from you. But when the woman touched the faux limb, she realized something was odd. Huh. She told the man to remove his shirt and discovered the trickster trickster's strong arm tactic. The worker, Philippa Bois, I apologize if I had that wrong, told the Italian newspaper La Repubblica that she felt offended as a professional. Yeah. Adding that the color of his arm made him suspicious. Which yeah. you know, I was wondering: like, was this an Italian man with like a black man's prosthetic arm? Like, is it that <laughs> bad? But, like I just, I just kind of want to know here. Okay, I just like I have so many questions about this. To this man. Also, why did he think this was going to work? How did he think this was going to work and not get caught? Right.
1: By the way, two hundred euros. If you said a couple hundred, so I'm it just could, at least
0: a answer. couple. At least a couple hundred, hundred. could be three hundred. Could be well the equi-
1: the equivalent of two hundred euros to American dollars. So people know is two hundred twenty five dollars and sixty eight cents. Just get quote, the shot, bro.
0: Quote by uh, Philippe <laughs> Bois, It was well made, but it wasn't the same color. <laughs> she told the paper. She could not That's see her <laughs> At first, I thought I made a mistake that it was a patient with an artificial arm, which could be reasonable, right? A patient could have walked up there with an artificial arm, but that patient wouldn't roll up the sleeve to get the jab. He would have gone to the other arm assuming that he or she had another arm. <laughs> <laughs> and like, here's the best part of the story. The man had no shame about this when caught. He tried to tell her, yo, you know, yo, yo. You, you can look the other way on this. You, oh, you, you, okay. you, ain't, you, ain't, you ain't. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to snitch on me. You try to, yeah. he, he said to her, Would you have imagined that I would have such a physique based on the what? art? The fake <laughs> art? What, <laughs> like, yo, yo, this yo. is some
1: shit. This is some Rick and Morty shit, honestly, like. But I, I, I almost love that this stuff does happen in the world because, like, it, I always—if I saw this in a show, I would think it's bullshit. But like, this kind of stuff actually happens because people just will just go to any lengths for anything.
0: <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I am mad that even the the, the town I believe is Piemonte in Italy, uh, the president uh, said in a joint statement with the regional health chief, Luigi Accardi the promptness and skill of the health worker ruined the plans of this person who now have to respond to the Jewish judiciary. And I'm glad he'll have some kind of punishment. I mean, he yeah. should be fine like crazy. And the Italian newspaper, The Repubblica, suggested the same man may have shared a message on Twitter featuring a silicone bodysuit on sale on Amazon, along with the message, if I go with this, will they notice? So... Why does everyone the, give it away? Why is everyone have to tell on themselves before why? they even do something? Yeah, Maybe I'll even put on some extra clothes to avoid the needle reaching my real arm, the user reportedly added. Hold on, Brian. You were going to put on extra clothes under the silicone thing to try to... This this is is the the lens you're willing to go to to not get a COVID vaccine? You know what's worse than doing all this and this shame that you have to deal with? Getting COVID! (laughs) That's worse! How about that? How about not wanting to get COVID? How about that? Just just, how about that? You can protect yourself and say you're protecting yourself from actually having to get the shot instead of protecting yourself from the disease.
1: It's like, it's like, who is it? Antonio Brown Oof. and a couple others in the NFL that got fake vac- busted for fake vaccine cards and they got suspended. Right. It's like, yo, just just get the shot, bro. Like, because cause you're doing all this shit. Like Kirk Cousins. Remember we talked about this. Beginning of the year, he was saying, "Yo, I'll hide in plexiglass, whatever the case may be. Like, I'll do whatever it takes to not, you know, contract the disease, uh, or no, rather to socially distance from everybody. But I'm not getting vaccinated. And it's like, all right, so you're willing to do all that, and what happens if you get COVID? Like, it's so stupid, Cole Beasley, all this. Just you just get, just get the shot, man. I'm gonna get my booster
0: soon, so I'm. I'm I will be, I will be getting mine soon." uh this man i mean if he wants to do anything in italy is their mandates are increasing he's going to have to do that but this is where we're at people these are the lengths that people are willing to go to through to not get vaccinated a fake arm that's what we're doing now and telling on yourself on social media that was a meme before like
1: people there was a meme going around of like the funny one, I can't really explain it, but basically, dude had a fake arm, got the shot, and then you couldn't tell, and then walked away with the fake arm and the vaccine card. It was like a meme, like an animated meme that somebody just made. And, except, except now somebody took that as inspiration. Actually, someone, yeah, someone's actually trying. Shit, honestly, the way the internet works, probably where you got the idea.
0: On that note, that's a wrap for this episode. La- last Day thing, Talk last Podcast. thing I
1: will say. Last thing I will say. Uh, wrote a feature on Latino rebels. Y'all should check out about. Uh, the US sports leagues uh expanding to Latin America, particularly in this case, uh talk to people at G League, Capitanes, Mexico City. they uh have been playing their three and six right now. All their losses, by the way, by eight points or less. So they've been very competitive. Alfonso McKinney, former former NBA oh. players, one of the former NBA players uh playing on the team. Didn't get to talk to him, but uh did talk to uh Raul zaraga who's the head of NBA Mexico and kind of oversaw that whole process. So You know, doesn't get much more important than that. Uh, 2K League spoke to the head of that, president of that. They have Dukes Gaming, which is going to be based in Mexico. They also have their first team from Latin America. And then talked to somebody on the PGA Tour side, um, who uh because the mexico open is going to be part of the pga tour calendar this year not yes. pga tour latin america uh, latino the america the actual pga tour calendar. the actual pga tour fedex cup points 7.3 million dollar purse etc cetera, etc cetera. so uh look I, one of the reasons why i wanted to do this was people like we're conditioned to sort of like oh yeah we have canadian teams in all of the leagues except the nfl Um, we have Canadian teams in all the leagues and I'm like, yo, Mexico's right there. Why don't we, but you know, people have their stigmas about Mexico. And recently in recent years, we've seen like the international series, like NBA games. And there's been, there's been 10 or 10 NBA games in Mexico from like 2014, to 2019. Um, the G league team is playing in Texas because of COVID restrictions. Because Mexico is like, yo, look, look, y'all motherfuckers think we're dirty. We ain't letting you come (laughs) down here (laughs) to do your little sports shit. All right, we'll see you if you get your shit together. But Canada did the same thing. The Toronto Raptors had to play in Tampa. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's on Latino Rebels. Go check that out. Uh, the headline is US sports set on expanding to Latin America. So just yes, check that out. Some reporting check, there. Check, check that
0: out. It's better than reading about somebody trying to avoid the jab with a freak prosthetic arm. Yep. On that note, that's a wrap for this edition of the A Hawks podcast. Episode 204, we remind you as always support backpack broadcasting on Patreon. You can check out the link in the comments as well. And as usual, we gotta thank our patrons, people that make it possible. You can become a patron too. Donate as little as one dollar a month to help support the content that we are making. You know where to find us on Instagram, where Brian loves to post his videos now and Twitter as well. <laughs> Follow the Tell podcast at A-H-T-T Podcast. He's Brian Fonseca. I'm Jack sure. Jerry. Thank you to our guest Bradford Davis once again. Until next time, y'all. Peace.